Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. And thank you, John, for reading. Uh, and here we are gathered worshipping the Lord Jesus. And just as we read then, there are those who are clear about what's their faith. There are some with doubts and questions. And Jesus came and met with them all and spoke to them. So let's pray he'll speak to us now. Lord Jesus, we bow before you, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We pray that all praise you that all authority in heaven and on earth is yours we thank you for revealing that truth to us for those who prayed for us and taught us and pointed us to you so now we pray send your holy spirit afresh on all of us gathered here in the building and watching at home or wherever help me as i speak but most of all will you speak to each one of us about the next stage <clears throat> as we follow you and how you can use us to help others. So speak, we pray, and give us grace and courage to follow where you lead. And we pray it in your great name. Amen. So this is week two of two weeks looking at the Great Commission, this charge of Jesus to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. Uh, we saw last week there are four alls. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Uh, make disciples, teach them to obey all the things I told you. Uh, and though we focused on those two last week, today we're going to focus on the two alls. Go to all nations and make disciples, and I will be with you always, literally all the days. It is the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion, as we saw last week. Jesus didn't say, some authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So a few of you might like to go make converts of a few people, teaching them to pay lip service to some of the things I told you about, and maybe I'll be with a few of you some of the time. That's not what it's meant to be, though the church in the West seems to have thought that for much of the last century. It's the Great Commission. We bow our knee to Jesus as Lord. We learn to obey all the things he's taught us. And we go in his strength, in the power of his Holy Spirit, to help others to become disciples of Jesus. And as we do that, we increasingly experience his presence with us always. So two more alls today. Make disciples of all nations, and I am with you always. And just for those of you who get worried that I preach too long, the first one of those is a lot longer than the second half. So just, just for those of you who are worried about... Um, and we will always... Uh, we have, there's a reason, there's a clock at the back, uh, so I can see it. And I know the children need collecting at 10 too. So that's right. So Jesus says, let's put up verses 19 and 20 again. Go and make disciples of all nations. Literally all people groups. Uh, and the emphasis is not so much on the go, though Jesus does call people to go, as he's called Rachel and James, we heard earlier. The emphasis is really, literally, as you are going, make 
disciples. That is the command, as Carolyn was praying. For all of us, wherever we are, in our homes, workplaces, streets, neighborhoods, social groups, here, and for those who are called to go elsewhere, where they live and the jobs they do, wherever we are, this is for all of us. Some, like Rachel and James, are called to go to another country to do that. All of us are called by Jesus to serve him in particular ways. Uh, it may be some are called to a new job. It may be you're in exactly the right place and Jesus is calling you, whether you're a teacher in Coventry or a cleaner in Leamington or you lead a business nationally or whatever else it is. All of us have this charge to make disciples of all people groups everywhere. Now, we live in an age where people from all sorts of people groups come to this country. Here in Leamington, there are people of so many different nationalities. If you're from a different nationality or ethnic background, you are so welcome here. We have over 20 nationalities represented in this church. You wouldn't realize it looking around, but all sorts of people from different nationalities, everyone is so welcome. Uh, when we came here 22 years ago, it was rare uh, as you walked around town to hear other languages spoken, particularly particularly in the north end of town. Now, if you walk for more than 20 minutes around town, you hear people of different languages. I clock it wherever I'm, if I'm walking on the canal or up and down the parade or wherever it is. You just hear that God has brought people of all people groups. So as we are going about our life in Leamington, we need to get better at introducing people of all people groups to Jesus. And God will call some of us to go elsewhere and do that, uh, right to the ends of the earth. Uh, at the annual meeting just over a year ago, I shared a dream that we would have a well-being cafe in this church and threw out the idea for anybody who really sensed God putting this on their heart, a place where people can come where it's okay not to be okay. And I praise God that Andy Lockyer picked up that vision that God gave it to him and he's built a team and the Wellbeing Cafe has been happening here on Monday mornings all this year. We praise God it's a place where people are finding a, a place to be of friendship uh, and coffee and games and crafts and just a good place to be, a safe place. I have another dream for another cafe which is a globe cafe here in Leamington, where I would so love us to have a time in the week which is deliberately a place of welcome to people of all nations, all nationalities. There are people who's, uh, who come for work with JLR or Warwick University. Some of them bring families. Some of their partners don't speak much English. We could teach people English, but are just a deliberate welcome. And if any of you out there, the Lord by his spirit is putting that on your heart, please come and have a chat. Um, we are to help introduce people of all people groups to Jesus. Uh, and it's just wonderful hearing about Rachel and James in Tirana, in Albania, where God's given them favor at the space and the coffee shop. We need to find the right ways to do that here in Leamington too. We are to make disciples of all people. There's a fantastic team out there working with our children and young people now, helping them learn to follow Jesus. The prime responsibility is with parents, of course. But when the church can help, and for those privileged to go to a church school like ours as well, where that can really help, uh, we are to make disciples of our children and young people, of our students, of each other 
in our small groups, great that Carolyn prayed for small group leaders earlier, but in our triplets and formations. We praise God for those he's called overseas. Just a few weeks ago, we had John and Hannah back from Central Asia. Good to have Rachel and James from Albania. Uh, we rejoice that Stu and Rosie finally got out to Brazil to work out there again after long delays. Uh, uh, quite a long way away from Elisa and Marcos in Brazil, but they're out there too. Elisa, who's a student here. Charles, who's been out in Argentina for many, many years. Um, a whole lifetime now and towards his later old age, still serving the Lord out there. Uh, prayed for Claire in Argentina, starting this coffee shop. Had Teresa sent out to the Ninigo Islands off Papua New Guinea. That really is the end. Of, that's about as far as you can go. Uh, they were translating the scriptures out there. We supported that and gave money for the scriptures. And when the New Testament was written in that Simat language, uh, Lars and Jonathan Tidd flew out, uh, several were out there, to represent St. Paul's as that new Bible and was there uh, for the people of the Ninigo Islands. Wonderful, as people from this church have caught the vision to go to the ends of the earth. Richard and Catherine Weston working with international students here nationally and starting Globe Cafes and all sorts of things to help churches welcome people from other cultures here. Keith and Catherine Ranger, who spent a long time in Hong Kong and are now in their older age still working with Chinese students in this country. But we praise God, we thank God and pray for them. But God calls you just as much whether you are, whether you're an engineer at JLR or you work in a shop in the town or whatever it is, we are all called to be making disciples, introducing people to Jesus. Uh, how on earth do we do that? How do we do it? It's a new season for us as a church as we become a mission hub where the diocese is asking us to partner with them to really help other churches, to use the resources God's given us, to help others' churches uh, in this job of discipling. As we do that, we will learn from them too, a real partnership. And I'm so pleased Carolyn prayed for wisdom for me. I need it. We know the Lord is calling us to do it. We don't know what it will look like. My sense is that it'll be like ripples going out from here, uh, that there's a number of the villages around us talking with us about how we can work with them. Radford Semley, great to have old friends from Off Church here this morning. Welcome back, Rob and Jane, uh, who've been working there in Off Church and others there. There's, there's been long talking, praying about how our partnership there will develop. Wonderful, Jonathan Smith's come back to lead the church at Bishop's Tatchbrook. Uh, and these churches, I'm sure we can partner with, and then ripples beyond as they work with the much smaller villages out beyond. Uh, Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So for us that means as God fills us with his Holy Spirit, we're witnesses here in Leamington and Warwick and in this part of Warwickshire and then a bit further out and even to the ends of the earth, to the Ninigo Islands of Papua New Guinea and Albania and wherever else. So we need God's Holy Spirit we can't do it without him. It's this season between Easter and Pentecost when we're reminded to pray more earnestly for God's Holy Spirit. We need him every day. Uh, do pray that the Lord not only blesses us today, but next week when we have Paul and Becky Harcourt from New Wine with us, and the week after and the week after, that he pours out his spirit and equips us to be uh, ambassadors for Jesus. 
So, but how practically? We need God's Holy Spirit. What can we do? Well, last week, when we thought about all authority belongs to Jesus, we looked back earlier in the Gospels at examples of Jesus' authority over sickness and over death and over storms and so on. Uh, when we thought about obey all the things he told us, we read some of those. And what a challenge that is, but it was the route to joy. So I was thinking, well, what would the disciples have thought? And Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations and teach them to obey what I've commanded you. They would have naturally thought back to how Jesus taught them to go and start making disciples initially. So I want to read with you some of what Jesus said to them. Uh, you get this in Matthew, you get it in Luke as well. Uh, and I'm taking the Luke version. This is, first of all, in Luke chapter 10, verse 9, we read this, when they were first sent out. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave the town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. That was the 12 disciples. And it's easy, easy for us to say, well, that was them. But then Jesus did it, the next chapter, chapter 10, with 72 and very similar instructions. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Don't greet anyone on the road. When you eat a, enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. And so in verse 16, we read, uh, Jesus said, Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. So Jesus said to his disciples, Teach them to obey everything I've told you. Well, this is what he told them to do when they were part of the 12, when they were part of the 72 and so it's the same instructions for us. Down 2,000 years of church history, there's been passing on this great commission. And it's still true that people who listen to us and our story are listening to Jesus. And people who listen to Jesus are welcomed by his heavenly Father. And wherever we go, there will be people who are interested, who God is preparing. Uh, so a few things just to highlight about how we go. The first is to pray. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the other Lord's prayer. Uh, the harvest is plentiful, workers, but ask the Lord of the harvest there to pray. 
Uh, I said some time ago, I've set my phone to the alarm to 10.02 for Luke 10.2. And I cancelled it because I was in a meeting a few months ago, and I've completely forgot to reset it. So it's a memory to me to reset it. That at two minutes past 10 every morning, my phone beeps, and it's a reminder to me to do what Jesus said. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out workers uh, into his field. We need to pray. The harvest is plentiful, Jesus said. He's prepared people everywhere. Like we're hearing about those young adults in Albania. He's working in people here in Leamington and Warwick. And wherever you are, there's people he's at work in. There was some research done a few years ago. About 40% of our nation, about four years ago this was, I think, if someone invited them to church would say yes. They're, just, they're open and ready. Now after a pandemic, people are so much more ready than they were then. Uh, so we ask the Lord to send out workers and we offer ourselves, Lord, where do you want me to go? Then Jesus says, when you go, find a person of peace, someone who welcomes you. Luke 10 from verse 5, we read this. Find someone who welcomes you and then go into their house and stay there. Don't go around house to house, stay there. Now, I think I've made a bit of a mistake down the years of ministry. I've found someone of peace who's interested then I've gone to another, I've found someone else of peace. Then I've gone to someone else, found someone else, and try and get them into a group to come and learn about Jesus. But Jesus actually said, when you find someone, settle with them and their family and their friends. And, their, and don't spread yourself too thinly, too quickly. And I think I've probably done a bit of that. It's faster in the long run to go slower and invest properly. It's a bit like if you're trying to fill up a whole lot of bottles with water. You can scatter the water over the top indiscriminately, it'll take a long time, or you fill each one up slowly, and actually that's quicker in the long run. So wherever you are, ask God to show you a person of peace who's interested in your Christian faith. Jesus said in verse 9, heal the sick and pray the kingdom of, tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. So offering to pray for people is one of the most amazing things and expressions of love. People may have had all sorts of love showed to them or have a real love deficit, but some, they won't have had many people offering to pray for them. And wherever you are, uh, the English are really good at having a moan, you know, whinging poms, the Australians are called. How are you? Well, not so bad under the circumstances. Oh, well, what circumstances? And they'll tell you. Uh, Please then say, can I pray for you? And when they say, yes, all right, then please say, can I pray for you now? Uh, now, there are times when they'll say, no, it's all right. But there are times when they say yes. And particularly if it's just a one-to-one -one conversation. And my prayer for the church is that as you are going about your everyday work and business, families, friends, social life, as someone says to you, this is difficult. The Lord, by his spirit, will put the thought in your head, offer to pray for them. And when that thought comes in your head, please offer it. May I pray for you? I'm a Christian. I believe God loves you. They may well say, no thanks, I'm not into that. In which case, don't push it. If they're not interested, let it go. You can pray for them quietly somewhere else. But when they say, oh, thank you, say, may I pray for you now? And they'll look a bit freaked out. So it'd be very simple. I'm just going to, if it's all right, put a hand on your shoulder and pray. Lord God, thank you that you love Fred or whoever it is. Please show your love by helping them in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. It can be very simple. But profound. And 
from that point on, they will either be really interested in your faith or they really won't. And either way, you, you've got an opening or don't push it. Jesus said, if they're not interested, move on. So shine a little bit of light into their life. Offer to pray or maybe a little bit of tomorrow morning. What did you do at the weekend? And, they, and then they say, what did you do at the weekend? Do you tell them everything else you did apart from, well, I was at church? Or do you include that? Just, well, I was at church yesterday. It was really interesting. Not some of it. Until the wicker got up, or whatever it was. Uh, it's really interesting. There's this young couple out in Albania. Amazing. And they might want to tell you more. They'd say, tell me more. Shine a little bit of light. If they close you down, fine. Move on. If they're interested, stay with it. And there'll come a point to say, why don't you like to come to church on any Sunday? Even the bad ones are okay. You know, come any Sunday. Or come to Alpha with me when we run these Alpha courses. Uh, it's God's harvest. Uh, let me move on because I want to do the, the second point as well. And I told you it would be shorter. Uh, the first one is we are all, and there's nothing more exciting than it. I was uh, talking to someone. We've got a lot of, you know, all the stuff. My mum died at Christmas. There's all the stuff about her house and her estate and all that. I was talking to someone who was helping me with it. And we wound up in that conversation. I just had the little shine a bit of light and see where it goes. Wonderful. Pray God's blessing on them. Uh, wherever we are, just going about our normal, as we are going about our normal business. Now, it is a bit scary. Luke chapter 10, verse 3. Sorry, Joel, I've skipped a few verses because uh, I need to finish in time. But Luke 10, 3, Jesus said, Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. I think that must be the worst pet talk ever. <laughs> and yet they still went. Isn't it extraordinary? I mean, a wolf sees a lamb and thinks, Great, supper. <laughs> you know, eat them. Jesus said, you will feel vulnerable. So when you're there uh, tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon or Wednesday lunchtime and someone says, really struggling, my son's not very well, or got to go to a medical appointment, I'm a bit worried, and the thing goes in your head, offer to pray for them. It's scary. But you just say, I'm really sorry to hear that, but I believe God loves you. May I pray for you? And who knows what will come. Uh, when we talked about this, we haven't, haven't preached about this for a while, but when I did last time, most weeks someone came to me and said, I did that, you know. And I said, how did it go? He said, it was extraordinary. And this whole conversation opened up. If we as a church would be filled with the Spirit and just take the natural opportunities God would give us, here in Leamington, in Tirana, in Albania, or wherever it is, uh, it'd be wonderful. Jesus said it's scary, but then he also said this, the last verse, Matthew 28, verse 20. Uh, let's go on to verse 20. There we are. Um, can we get Matthew 28, verse 20, back to our main thing? Sorry about this, Joel. It's really tough. But can we give a round of applause to our tech team? I, um, I, give them, I give a list of verses I may or may not include, and they may or may not happen in the order I've given them to them. Um, so I'm not selling a good advert, Lars, for recruiting the team, but they're fantastic. Uh, the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, immerse them in the life of God, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you literally all the days. I love this in Matthew's Gospel. He bookends his Gospel with this promise. Right at the start of the Gospel, we read this one at Christmas, Matthew 1, 23. Jesus is called Emmanuel. I am with you. Remember, the, this is Matthew 1, verse 23. We might have got that one, Joel, as well. 
you will call him Emmanuel. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's right at the start of Matthew's Gospel. Right at the end, he says, I am with you always. Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We'll skip over the reference about the storm, but we read that last week. The disciples were in the boat with the storm and Jesus was with them in the storm and calmed and calmed it down. Uh, last reference, we'll go on to Matthew 18, 19 to 20. If we go on to this one. Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. If you have a prayer partner, you're in a prayer triplet, you're seeking the honor of the Lord Jesus, and you pray for his kingdom to come in that situation, he is there, he is with you. It's right the way through Matthew's gospel, from the beginning to the end, it's through the whole scriptures. And the more you are involved with looking to tell others about Jesus, the more you will experience his presence with you. And they tend to go together. Yes, it's scary, but it's so worthwhile. Uh, I'm going to stop there. So let's stand and we'll pray. And if the band would come back...